Welcome to BevCam's production of Conversations with the Candidates. I'm Al Temkin, your host for this segment. Today we're talking with Rick Bassiano, candidate for Ward 3 City Council. Welcome, Rick. Thank you, Al. Yeah, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Um, at this point, just to kind of get things rolling, can you kind of give us just a, a, a kind of an overview as to your background, who you are, what you're, what you're about? Well, background, I'm born in the city of Beverly. Mm -hmm. I was here until about six or seven, went to Air Rileside, then moved to New York for about 11 months. Then from there, went to Leominster, Massachusetts, where I grew up, went to high school and graduated. On the weekends, whenever I had time, I'd always come back to Beverly. I love this city. And then uh, when I graduated from school, a couple months later, I joined the U.S. Army. Mm -hmm. And I was, did 20 years. I retired. I was a uh, military police, intelligence analyst, then changed to Special Forces, which is a Green Beret. Mm -hmm. I had a good career. Then when I retired in 2000, came right back to my hometown, bought a house, and then and started. Been here, been here ever since, huh? Yes. Yeah, good for you. Well, first and foremost, thank you so much for your service. Oh. I'm sure I speak on behalf of everybody in our city and beyond in, in thanking you and recognizing that. Uh, so let's begin, Rick. Uh, why are you running for office? Um, for the Ward 3 office, it's, become, it's because Jim Ladder is not doing his job. He's supposed to be representing the constituents, not representing the other side. He should be keeping the constituents informed, transparency, and he has not been doing that. So that's, that's one of the top reasons. The other one is the main reason I also is property taxes. They keep getting worse and worse, and there's no relief. I'm talking to seniors, even the younger generation. They've got to pay that property tax bill. With the middle school right now, it's just it's outrageous, $123 million. For the next eight years, the property taxes are guaranteed to be maxed out for, for eight years. So, so, so uh, is that to say you don't agree with uh, the, the uh, building of a new medical, uh, middle, middle school? No, I, I want to see a new middle school built, not this c catastrophe. It's, it's huge. You know? Huge expense, why huge? Well, huge expense, the size of the schools, mm -hmm. a couple gyms. They're going to have a few cafeterias in each one. And they're saying to separate the children. And I'm sitting there, separate the children. They're all getting in the same school bus in the morning. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, they're all getting off. Yeah. I mean, don't, yeah. with what they're using, you know, a lot of it's just pure propaganda. You know, and we're, we're here to teach the students, get them educated. We're not here to run around to the, the local cities and say, oh, look what we have. Come look at our beautiful school. And that, so what would, what would you, so if you, assuming you were on the city council, what would you have proposed? I would have proposed that they refurbish the building, because they're saying it's going to cost over $123 million, million to refurbish that right. and add on. Yep. I do not believe that. That's, you know, the developer makes more money to start from scratch versus refurbishing and adding on. And for them to come out and say it's going to be more than $123 million, that's, again, no way do I believe that. I'm sure the average citizen doesn't believe it. Also, they're going to destroy the existing school that taxpayers already paid for. Structurally, the building is sound. There's no excuse to do that. Um, what I, I, you know, Mr. Manzi, he has a, compared to what they have now, he has a great plan. You know, I, I could tweak it in different areas. I could say I would like to refurbish the memorial building just for the seventh and eighth graders. You know, if they want to add on, they can do that. But what they can do is Ward 3 right now doesn't have an elementary school. That's a disgrace. Ward 2 doesn't have an elementary school. What they can do is build an ele elementary school for Ward 2, reopen the McEwen. By opening another, by building a brand new elementary school, that will solve all their problems. Plus, you'll have kindergarten through sixth grade all in the same school, which is a, it's better, you know, they say kindergarten through eighth grade, that's the best you can have, but we can't do that. 
So the next best, kindergarten through sixth grade. Build a new elementary school. If we're going to build it bigger, we can do that. We're going to save a lot more money in the long run. Mm -hmm. Because what's happening with the city is we're, we're overbuilding. We're, with special permits, we're getting really aggressive, oversized. We're going to have more children. Right now, we don't have enough space for the, the brand new high school we have here. 1,300 students, we have 1,380. Within the next two years, we're going to have over 200 new apartments, condos, and homes. Mm -hmm. we're, you know, we need that extra space, and that's... Yeah, so would you say, Rick, that that, uh, th that is the most pressing issue in Ward 3 right now? Um, but the, in reference to the, the middle... The, the, the school issue, the, the, the yes. influx of children. So the most pressing issue in Ward 3, in your opinion, is the fact that you don't have a, an elementary school. Right, and representing the citizens also, the residents. That's very pressing, too. McKay, McKay School that we just sold at, mm -hmm. the neighbors asked for a few things, nothing major, ignored. Mm -hmm. Jim Ladder, Council of Jim Ladder, never got with the residents and the developers to sit down and talk what they want and what they can do. It was basically a done deal. At the meeting on April 6th of 2015, you can go to the city council meeting on BevCam, look at that meeting. Look at Jim Ladder. He's out in left field. He didn't know, oh, you didn't, you didn't coordinate, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. That's part of his job to represent the citizens. Let them know what's going on, if he knows. And he, and he never did that, and it's very disappointing. Brimble Avenue, he basically sided with Better for Beverly on Facebook, and he sided against the residents. And you don't do that. You get with the residents and you see what you can work out. Never did that. Mm -hmm. Com to me, complete lack of transparency. Mm -hmm. Do you see, um, relative to your ward now, do you see uh, anything unique or, or particularly special issues that are facing Ward 3 versus issues that might be facing other wards in the city? Um, well, in reference to growth, I talked about that. At the mm -hmm. end of Cumming Center, Elliott Street and McKay Street, they're putting 72 condos. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, I feel that's better than a hotel. They wanted to put a 140-room hotel. Right. Yeah. You know, they, they show up. Next thing, you know, the kids may run around the neighborhoods. I, I don't like that. Also, if a homeless family shows up, they may end up putting them in there if the, if the hotel's not maxed out all the time. So I look at that issue. Danvers has a lot of problems with the police, the hotels and the police and everything like that. We don't need that. Mm -hmm. So 72 condos, I don't, that's not too bad because they're going to respect what they own. Now, McKay School, they're putting 32 apartments in there. Mm -hmm. That's kind of, I would have preferred to see condos. Of course, subsidized elderly housing would have been better because I haven't said it here, but by 2030, we're going to have over 133 million Americans over the age of 50. We need to find space for them. I talked about that with the council during the meeting on April 6th to just to let them know we need that. And out 32 units, that property, it's... Per 10,000 square feet, one house. Mm -hmm. They should have been allowed, when you did the measurements under zoning, seven to eight houses. Mm -hmm. They put 32 there. 300% over what was allowed. Basically, that corner at McKay now is residential high density is what, is what it is. And one of the neighbors, Bob, he lives a couple houses down or across the street from there, he called out Jim Ladder. And Jim Ladder talked, well, would, the reason we picked this was because of the, you know, that we were going to get more money. And he said, oh, so it's all about the revenue. Mm -hmm. And that's not, you know, you're talking quality of life of the citizens. You may need revenue, but because the city can't make a budget and control what they're doing, that's not the residents' fault. We should not be receiving the repercussions.
Yep. And now that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. What we're seeing the repercussions. Which actually leads me into my next question. Thank you for that. Um, perfect tie-in. So, so we, we're always hearing about fiscal responsibility. Um, so can you give me an idea as to what that means to you? Well, it means you, you have a budget and you use it by, by monitoring it. You have to have transparency. It's like the school, when the, when the school has a budget, they just have this big line item, but it doesn't break it down. I want to see it down to the penny. When I was in the military, if I went to another country, they gave me an operation fund. You know, if we had something came up, we needed to buy something, I would buy it. Now, when I bought that, I had to be with one of my team members to buy it. We double-checked the math and everything, but we had to be down to the penny. And if we do that with the schools and also with the city, the residents can analyze that and say, hey, they spent $10,000 for pencils. And this is the type of pencil, and this is how many pencils they ordered. We can get the same pencil for $5,000 over here. So by, letting, by being transparent, the citizens can help out and we can save money. Mm -hmm. you know, plus, if, if we can see that we're going over budget you know, it's for pay raises, we can't do, do it the way that we're doing it, you know, with the, with the percentage-wise. You know, what I would say is the police department, they get, get $60,000. That's what they're going to work with for the raise. What they do is each individual police officer, gets, police officer if they have 60 gets a $1,000 raise. The way it is now, they can go by 2.5%. The, the police chief right now is almost up to $130,000 per year. Then you have the, what they're doing by having a, the percentage like that is they're really separating the salaries. They need to keep them closer. And by the way, I just talked about they each get the same pay raise across the board. That will keep the, keep the amount from going too high, and maybe we can keep up with the budget. Mm -hmm. But we're not doing that. Is it fair to say, Rick, and, and pardon me if not, but is it fair to say that it, it almost sounds like a, a socialist kind of, uh, kind of point? Is that? Well, it, it, no, it isn't socialist because the, if the money's not there, you can't give them more than what you have. Mm -hmm. And by giving them more than what you have, you're taking away in another area. That's the infrastructure. The mm -hmm. roads are falling apart. Yep. We can't, the streetlights, like Mr. Manzi mentioned, we got street lights that they're not up to date. I call them dumb street lights. Mm. You come down McKay Street and you hit Elliott Street. Yep. I've been there three in the morning and I've sat there four minutes. There's no cars coming either way. You know, they should with have they should have sensors in there. Sure. If we don't have money to do that, how are we gonna get all this excess growth, you know, mm. all these vehicles to move around the city? Same thing if you drive down the street on Balch and then you hit the light there at Cabot Street. That light does the same thing. They it should have a sensor. No traffic's going by. In front of the coming center, that light has the same issue. You come, mm -hmm. you come across, you're coming towards the light, and it changes. There's no one on the left side, no one on the right side. You're sitting there like, what? Yep. You know, yep. the lights. Yep. So speaking about money, um, so the city, as you know, the city council and the mayor are responsible for making decisions for the approximately $110 million budget in our city. What specific skills, Rick, do you feel you have to qualify you to participate in that budgeting process? Well, again, I'm going to go with the different departments that are requesting these monies, and I'm going to ask to see how they, how they run everything. My qualification is, is being in the military, I've been given thousands of dollars to work with in budget. I've had no problem. Same thing with, with equipment. But I'll go to those departments, and I want to see exactly where the money's going. So, so the answer to the question relative to your skills in, in working with the budget yes. is your military background, so you worked with budgets when you were in the military. Right. And I didn't say, but the past 13 years, I've been looking at the city budgets. I'm the one that taught Jim Ladder about the unfunded pension liability, which is over $70 million right now. I've showed him other areas where we're having shortfalls. 
That one time it was $252 million in unfunded benefits liability that we had. Mm -hmm. When the city changed over and we went to the state plan, we, we dropped about $50 million off, went down about $200 million. Well, that was a good move, but for the, for, the, for the individuals that worked for the city years ago, the true, I mean, the public service that really sacrificed, the benefits were good. But that hurt them because now they're paying higher deductibles, higher pay. You know, they should have been grandfathered where they're not going to take that big hit. Well, you could also say that's similar to the, to the uh, private sector as well. Okay. Uh, I mean, right. everybody's paying higher deductibles. Everybody's paying more premium. So it's, it's mm -hmm. similar to the private sector. But the pay's a little, the, 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 when you worked for the city years ago, the pay was really down there. Yeah. And they, yeah. you know, when they yeah. retired, they're getting, they're not getting the, what they're getting right now or yeah. what they're going to retire with. It does, it just does not equal out. Okay. And I feel for them. This, and this, you know, and I understand also the city failed in their responsibility when a city employee gets paid, a portion of that goes into the retirement pension. Mm -hmm. What the city of Beverly did is they put the big zero, from what I understand, into the budget. So they should have matched and kept the money, kept the money going in, the, and the unfunded pension liability would not be as bad as it is right now. We mm -hmm. should be at an 80, and they did not do that. What do you see as the top two or three budget issues for this city over the next few years? Well, the budget issue, issue the, you know, the main budget, as you know, is the school. Mm -hmm. um, the middle school, the one that they, they want to build, which I totally disagree with, I would have public safety facility. That should be, I would have done that for, before I do the middle school, do public safety facility. And we'll actually have enough money where we can do an elementary school at the same time. Do both of those. When the public safety facility is built, what takes place is the police department that's in the city hall now, they move out of the police department, they move into the public safety facility. Then the individuals we have right now in the memorial building that are going to end up going to the airport, we have like the uh, building permits, you get those there, um, a few other offices. You have them move right to the city hall now. So now everybody's working at the city hall, the police have the new public safety facility, they could even add a fire, fire station onto that too. Mm -hmm. But now we've solved that problem. We used to pay rent across the street approximately $70,000 a year at the Oddfellows building right across the street. Right. But now we have everybody together. Right. Then they can refurbish the middle school, mm -hmm. and they can move over, move over from there. Let me just interrupt for just one second, Rick. For those of you just joining us, uh, welcome to BevCam's production of Conversations with the Candidates. I'm Al Temkin. I'm serving as your host. Today we're with uh, Rick Marciano, who's running for City Council in Ward 3. And again, welcome. Thank you. Um, so, okay, so if, in fact, we went ahead and decided to build the, uh, the public... Uh, Safety facility. Yeah. Who pays for that? Well, that's the same. We're not, we're not going to build a middle school and waste all that, the $123 million, and destroy a perfectly good building at the well, same time. The, okay, but the $123 but, million, as we know, does not all come from the city. So, so if we were going to go build a public facility, a service facility, who pays for that? It'd be the six, that's going to be us, but we have $60.8 million supposedly to play with. The so, difference between so what the million, state is providing for the right. for the for the school versus what we pay. Well, the state it's a, we'll, we'll say they overnight it went from 123 million down to 110 million, and right. I question the audit because the audit says update. Did the city auditor say that no, oh, we can't budget in 123 million? Yeah, we can budget 110. So it changed overnight. I called the auditor. Maybe she didn't get my message, but never got back with me. But she doesn't have to get back with me. But it's real strange how overnight. 
$123 million. So, so with $123, $110, the fact of the matter is that the state pays, is it 59.5% or something of that? Yes. So whatever the percentage is. Right. Okay. And so the, the difference between those two numbers comes from the city coffers. Yes. Okay. Which works out to, I think you said, 50 or $60 million. No, 68 Let's call it 61 Okay. So. Let's, so now compare that to, to your proposal. If you were on the city council, I think you said you would not have supported that. Not at all. You would have supported a public services facility and a middle school. No. And, uh, and an elementary school. And I'm an sorry. elementary school. Yeah. So Ward 2 now has an elementary school. Yeah. And Ward 3 now gets their the newest elementary school. They get that back. Yeah. Is so, what, is what so I if, if So, so if, it, if, if, in fact, that went through and you were going to build another elementary school, some of that, assuming it would go through the, the state, yes. um, it would, pay for, would be paid for by the state. Right. The rest would be paid for by the citizens of Beverly. Right. And, and who pays for the public services facility? Is that, that, no, that would come out of the, the, the supposedly $60 million we have, 60, uh, $61 million we have right now. Yep. That would come out of that. So if the public safety facility is $18 million, yeah. now we have approximately forty-three. Million to play with. Yeah, that can go towards the the elementary school for okay. Ward Two. I okay. haven't picked the land out yet. That's something that has to be looked at. But that's what I would have done. Okay. And then I talked about taking the city, to, you know, the departments that we have right now inside the middle memorial building. They moved to the the old police station, which is a, a complete complete disgrace. Mm -hmm. And it, and the other thing I want when you're saying like the 60-40, you know, we pay sixty percent. It it was reversed. Back in 2011, there was a, uh, in the Salem News, they had an article there where the state was going to pay 60% and we were going to pay 40, and it was 33 million. In a matter of a few years, we're up to 123 million. I mean, I wasn't born yesterday, and there's just something wrong with the whole, whole scenario. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, w let me ask you to kind of change topics just for, for a moment okay. here. Uh, what are your views on the pilot programs, the payment in lieu of taxes? How do you feel about that? Um, I, I agree with it, but it's not it's not mandatory. Like Endicott College, I think it's approximately one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars is what they get. But the the problem with that is one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars doesn't go in into the tax levy, so there, it doesn't help the residents out at all. It's like it's a freebie. So, but if by law we cannot do that, what I would do is I would I'd make a, another it's a it's another type of tax for individuals that do not pay taxes. And what that would be, it's, it's a public safety tax is what it is. So what do, we could take the square feet of the whole city, and I think I came up with 97, but we'll say $100 per 10,000 square feet is what somebody has to pay. So if a church has an acre of land, 43,560 square feet, but we'll say they have 40,000, they'll, for the public safety facility, they'll pay $400. What I did was divided that amount into the, the, right. the fire, fire right. and police, which you say was $12 million, yeah. and all that number. I came up with the estimate of $100, if you wonder where I got that. Yeah. So they pay $400. Yeah. So all the individuals that don't, that don't pay taxes towards you know, the help for public safety, mm -hmm. that would be, they would help pay that portion. Mm -hmm. And that would help the city. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, so um, I think you said earlier, Tell me if I'm wrong. Okay. I, th I think you think about overdevelopment in, in the city. Yes. Okay. So um, w what is, the, in your opinion, the overall need or potential for development in the city? So are you, is it your suggestion? I don't want to put any words in your mouth. Right. Is it your suggestion that we should cease development in the city and do something different? 
what, do you, what are your thoughts? Well, if it's by right, I don't have a problem with that. But my thoughts is to scale, uh, for commercial property years ago, when the Ward 2 Council was there, Miranda Gooding, mm -hmm. who she's now an attorney, which she's been prior for Glusky and Glusky, I believe. Mm -hmm. And when she went in, kind of things all of a sudden changed. It was, it was orchestrated. Then she moved out, and then a few things took place after the fact also. But on the commercial property, we were allowed, per 1,000 square feet, one unit. And you had to have 1.5 parking spaces. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, it changed, and it went from two units per 1,000 square feet. We doubled the density. So we're above and beyond. You know, it's, that's not fair and reasonable. And the parking spaces went from... 1.5 down to 1. Mm -hmm. And then they brought in another, they cha another change where you, you build a parking garage within 500 feet of your, of your complex, and then you can count some of those parking spaces also. But they've burdened, burdened the city of Beverly by having that really, by, by doubling the amount of the capacity in commercial property, they've really, you know, it's a, it's a huge difference. Right now, uh, Windover, they're looking at the old McDonald. Now, the old uh, Howard Johnson's piece of land that's on Rantoul Street and another piece of property there. Now, I did the estimates on that a few days ago because I went to one of the meetings, mm -hmm. and they could put approximately 180.5 apartments or condos on that property. Uh, so it's is it 0.5 a half a condo? What is the 0.5? Oh, uh, excuse me? 0.5 oh, is 0.5 a half a condo? Just, just with the math. So we'll say 180. Oh, okay. But see, <laughs> they could come out and say, hey, we want 190. So they may ask for more yeah. is what they could do. Yeah. But that's... You know, where they, at one time, uh, 2009, they were allowed 100, I mean 90.25, and now, now they're allowed 180. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's that, that's, a, that's not, you know, it really helps the developer out. And I mean, the city may need the money, but that's not, the public did not create that problem. No, so I, so I guess I just want to make sure I understand your, your point, and I guess it is that you, you don't want to see this, this kind of development going on in the city? No, I don't. Like I said, I don't want to see it if it's like if it's, if they request more than what they're, they're authorized. They go above and beyond. McKay School. Yeah. Eight houses. 32. I okay, mean, about 300-something yeah. percent almost is what the, yeah. it was around se seven houses, I believe, what, what it really was. Yeah. But 300 percent above and beyond, no, no. Okay. You know, ask for a few, maybe you want to put 10 there. But not, and that's what's yep. going on right now. Yep. Okay. Um, you, you, you kind of quickly mentioned the waterfront. I think you kind of, it might have been a little bit of a mistake, but I want mm. to talk about the waterfront. What do we do? Solve the parking problem, number one. Mm -hmm. the, where the McDonald's is, refurbish the building. We can have someone come down. I might have said Rantoul Street the other day, but I believe the, the business is on Cabot Street. Mm -hmm. But they have kayaks and paddle boards, which they rent out. They could actually go down and rent a portion of the McDonald's building. The current building, you're saying yes. leave oh, the, the existing building right. as it is, the tax refurbish. Right. Okay. I mean, we paid for the land when we got, when we, we yeah. got the land. Yeah. It's supposed to be park for park and recreation purposes is what it states. Mm -hmm. So they can rent out a portion of that. In the back, they have, actually have bathrooms there right now. And also, when I was younger, you could sit underneath there, a nice, nice area there, and you could eat, eat your McDonald's French fries and mm -hmm. your Coke and your hamburgers, and it was a great time. They could put a band on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, go out there and play where the public comes down and enjoys that. You know, I, that's what I want to see. I want to see public use out of there. But the way, that, the way it works is you let it get run down, look real ugly. And like I've had a few friends like, hey, I don't care what they do, just do anything. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's a, that's a tactic of a developer. That's what a developer does. 
buys a piece mm -hmm. of property, lets it get run down, and people just put anything there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a tactic, and I want yep. it for the public specifically. Yep. Next door now, because of West Slate, his idea of, of lifting the, the waterfront, it was like um, an area that was zoned just for boats and commercial type fishing and stuff like that. West Slate's idea was to lift that. And it worked. It was lifted. Lift the DPA you're talking yes, about. The, yes. Yep. And the DPA was lifted. Right. And now the, the owner next door, if he wants to put something, he can do that. Now, he never had that right. You know, the designated port area, the DPW, never had that right. But, but yet, someone else could build a, a restaurant right next to him, and he couldn't do it. You know, that was just, that was wrong. Mm -hmm. So now he can develop his property mm -hmm. in accordance to what the zoning is. And now the city can get some revenue out of that, which I have no problem with it. But, and then there may be some extra parking spaces for him around the McDonald's building that he can also include into his restaurant because yeah. we need parking. Yeah. Ventron site's up for sale again, if right. I haven't said that. Who knows what can be done there, you know. The, I'd rather, you know, if we got 60.8, 60 $61 million to work with, I would, you know, let's buy that for the city. Make it a, put some parking spaces there, make a nice park out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll do something for the yeah. citizens for once. Yeah. Okay. So um, we're down to, the, down to the end here, Rick. And, yes. Uh, so I'd like to give you a couple of minutes to just kind of to, uh, talk about uh, uh, your campaign and, and basically provide you an opportunity to do a, a closing comment. Yes. And the floor is yours. All right. Uh, thank you very much, Al and BevCam, for doing this. Um, I really, you know, wish we had some type of debate. I would love to have sat down with Jim Ladder, have the public come out and ask questions. I mean, that's a part of transparency. The public just sees both of us talk, but we're not getting direct questions from, from them. What are the public's questions? What, you know, what, what have they seen? Can they speak in favor of Jim Ladder? Can they speak against him? You know, I hear, I hear more things that Jim Ladder doesn't do. For me, I'm proactive. I don't sit back and wait for something to happen. If I can see something wrong, I'm a go-getter. I'm going to go out and do that. When it comes to listening to the neighbors, that's what I do. The neighbors come first, and then mm -hmm. I'll, get the I'll get the neighbors together with the developer, and we'll see if we can come up with something reasonable that, that makes you know, the majority of the individuals ha happy. That didn't happen with Brimble Ave. Jim Ladder left them behind. Didn't happen with McKay Street, left them behind. You know, and that's not the type of council we need. We don't need a rubber stamp council. I'm not a rubber stamp, and I listen to the issues. I'm not always right, but I'll sit down, and you tell me, you show me where I'm wrong, because I, I want to learn also. Mm -hmm. Because I've been doing this for 13 years. I've gone to the planning board meetings, conserva conservation commission meetings, zoning board of appeals meetings, city hall meetings. I don't, I don't see my opponent there. When you, the documentation is on Beverly GIS. You can look up these different sites and see what they're, they're going to have, what's going to be brought up that night. And if you look, Ward 3, you, he should be down there. When uh, we had the... They're changing the road. Oh, heck, I might not have enough time. But they changed the road on Elliott Street. They're going to change an area there. At the end of McKay Street, they're going to change that also. But the developer should have paid for that, not the taxpayers. Mm -hmm. And the taxpayer is going to pay for that now. Is my time up? Uh, you get, I'll give you another 30 okay. seconds. All right. So that I would have you know, definitely pushed to mediate to where the developers paid for a street light. Or they're actually talking a roundabout at, at Ball Street and McKay Street. The developer should have put a portion into the coming center they put money they put money in like if you go up on Dunham Road they put three hundred something thousand dollars in I believe on Brimble Ave the developer there may be paying for a light there also you know where's why was the citizens left behind mm -hmm. uh, one of the parking and track track commission he's the chairman there uh, Mr. Benedetti I believe his name is 
but he, he knew McKay Street was over capacity by 20%. If he knew that, why is he, you know, allowing, saying that Wendover can build, the, you know, build 32 units with 64 cars? It's just, you know, and if he, he also should have got the money through mitigation, but he did, he did not do, did not do that. Mm -hmm. He should have requested that, and it's, it's beyond me why that's taken place. Okay, well, thank you, Rick. Thank you for joining us, and uh, thank you for joining us at Conversations with the Candidates. Today we were joined by Rick Marciano running for City Council in Ward 3. I'm Al Temkin. Thank you for joining us.